0: To Forgotten TV, the podcast that brings you TV memories of the 70s and 80s, with a focus on short-lived TV shows, pilots, and made-for-TV movies. I'm Chris Cooling. January 1985, exactly two weeks after a record snowfall in central Texas and my dad drove me across town in a foot of snow to apply for my first job at the new Multiplex Theater... And seven weeks after Stacey Keach went to prison in London for smuggling a different kind of snow, CBS ended the season early on Keach's Saturday Night Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer and brought us a new series, which is the subject of this episode of Forgotten TV. This new series would lead the exciting Saturday night lineup and air before Airwolf and cover-up for a full eight weeks before disappearing from the network schedule forever. Let's go back to January 1985 and see what's on. we'll consider on this episode is Otherworld. Created by writer, musician, producer Roderick Taylor, who had co-written the 1983 film The Star Chamber, Otherworld was a sci-fi fantasy drama about the Sterling family traveling in Egypt and they were mysteriously transported into another world. With theme music by Sylvester LaVey, the opening sequence is narrated by Roderick Taylor himself. Other worlds lie outside our seeing, beyond the beyond, at the edge of within.
1: The great pyramid, erected by the ancient ones as a barricade at the portal between two dimensions, two separate realities.
0: This is the story of one family drawn through a mysterious vortex into the other world and of their perilous trek homeward. series cast included Sam Groom as Hal Sterling, Gretchen Corbett as June Sterling, Tony O'Dell as Trace Sterling, the teenage son, Jana Lee as Gina Sterling, the teenage daughter, and Brandon Crane as young Smith Sterling, approximately 10 years old. Otherworld was a 1985 mid-season replacement. Instead of giving us a two-hour premiere movie, They used a two-hour pilot and split it into two episodes, maximizing the time slots they could fill. The writers smartly have Hal keep a journal of the family's travels, and this is used to good effect in opening and closing narrations, as well as to fill in the audience with exposition from time to time.
2: kids better enjoy these last few weeks. Your dad's job's almost finished.
1: Did you say weeks?
0: It's the old engineering game, son. Don't build a hydroelectric plant overnight. I'm homesick. I want to go back to California. I want to breathe smog. I want to have my mind polluted with rock and roll and mingle with trendy L.A. chicks and watch MTV and cruise the boulevard. Four months in the shadow of the Sphinx changes a man's priorities.
1: Listen to this, kids. In approximately one hour and 45 minutes, there's going to be an alignment of six planets that hasn't happened in over 10,000 years.
2: Wow, Dad.
0: It's episode one Rules of Attraction. Our story gets immediately underway. During a visit to the Great Pyramid, the family gets transported to another dimension, another planet, another time. It's not clear.
1: We had walked all night. How far we had come toward what I couldn't say. Only one thing was certain. We were very far away from anything familiar. And all we could
0: do now was to keep moving. Walking down a road, they end up inadvertently assaulting a zone commander, Krull played by Jonathan Banks, best known to modern audiences as Mike Ehrmantraut on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. They take a crystal from him, which ends up being a control key. They don't understand its importance at the time, but this will give them access to all sorts of things on the other world. They make their way to the nearest city and inexplicably find themselves in a line and get assigned jobs and a place to live by none other than Ray Walston, Uncle Martin himself. After an awkward orientation seminar, the family reluctantly settles in to their new house. I didn't want to let on how worried I really was. By some mysterious twist of time
1: and space we had passed into another reality, some other world. Tomorrow we would take our assigned places in this society. That's all we could do for now. Whether we would ever see home again, I couldn't say. That's why I'm keeping this diary. In case we don't make it, I want to leave a record behind so that someone will know our story.
0: We're given a fast sequence of scenes, giving us glimpses into the lives of each family member, including work, school, and shopping. Even for Another World, things seem a little off. They meet a next-door neighbor that could have inspired Ned Flanders, played by James Hampton. Meanwhile, Trace learns a little bit about these astrological obelisks that have an Illuminati-type pyramid eye symbol that are scattered about otherworld. He learns that they are evidently on a planet called Thel, and there were 77 independent provinces before the unification wars. What is this thing anyway?
2: There's a couple of them in the province, but nobody really knows what they are. There's another one over there on the side of that mountain.
0: Is it just like this, the same thing?
2: I don't know, I guess so. I've never been there. It's in the forbidden zone.
0: You've never been there?
2: I'm sure you've read the rule book or haven't you gotten around to it.
0: No, I guess I kind of got distracted.
2: A forbidden zone surrounds each of the provinces and nobody except the zone troopers are permitted to enter it without permission from the capital anymore.
0: That's in another province, the capital.
2: It's a province in itself.
0: Well, what's it like? I mean, is it just like this?
2: Of course not. Every province is completely different. But all of them are subject to Emar. I've read a lot about it. It's really fabulous.
0: That eye seems like it's watching us. wonder what these things are for.
2: It is a mysterious thing. There's even a legend about it. They say a long, long time ago, people from other worlds would travel here and they'd follow these monuments to Imar. Then what? They'd return to their own worlds as kings and sorcerers.
0: Well how would they get home, these people from other worlds?
2: By following these monuments team are, but from there I don't know. It's just a silly superstition anyway.
0: What would you say if I told you that I was from another world?
2: I'd say that love conquers all.
0: They soon learn everyone in the city is an android, created ostensibly to mine a radioactive mineral. Due to the radiation, they will have to leave soon. This doesn't sit well with Trace, who has developed a relationship with a female classmate. And soon, the zone troopers show up to look for the family.
1: We were so lost in this other world that even this contaminated society of androids was a kind of haven, a place with at least the illusion of security. But we couldn't stay here, and we couldn't leave, not without trace. We could hear them out there in the dark, rattling around like armor plated animals. Oh, stay. Oh.
0: Using the access crystal, of course, they escape, as well as manage to delete the city's collective memory of their visit to the province. And the pilot is set up to where they will be running from Kroll each week, Allah, The Fugitive. On my life, I swear they will be mine.
1: in this place called Imar, someone could tell us the way back. Home. The word took on a new meaning. For in this other world, we were fugitives. There was danger here, a malice which pursued us. Whatever challenge or joy lay ahead, we would meet with a sense of adventure because the family was together. That was our triumph and our
0: hope and our true home. I got the sense that this was possibly edited down, missing a few plot details. It turns out that the pilot presented to CBS was two hours, and the network split it into two episodes, episodes one and five. Episode five begins with a recap of episode one and very succinctly sums it up. But I was left with more questions than answers. Why make android families complete with children that go to school? Um, Why wouldn't you just program your androids with what you need them to know? In fact, why have android families to begin with? Uh, Do the children grow up? Do they remain the same age forever? Uh, Why make them consume food uh, in an obvious copy of uh, a humanoid? The grocery stores were full of extremely generic groceries. Good food. Uh, An obvious nod to the prior year's Repo Man. Also, apparently a security key can't be revoked. I mean, we can do that now. This show did briefly touch on some good existential questions. Uh, When does AI become human? Do they have a soul? And so on. These are topics that are dealt with extensively on the AMC series Humans. Otherworld was up against, uh, on Saturday night, new episodes of TJ Hooker on ABC and Different Strokes and Double Trouble on NBC and this was the competition that it would face every week of its short life. The first episode only got a 14.4 share, and unfortunately the ratings went down with each subsequent episode.
2: This
1: is The Man. this will be the year of the street hook beginning friday january 4th on
0: abc so your father is a nerd (coughs) unfortunately there's no player's guide to raising a family but this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find "So Your Father's a Nerd" on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Episode 2 was The Zone Troopers Build Men, the one with Mark Leonard. And we have a new actor playing Smith, Chris Hebert, replacing Brandon Crane from the pilot episode for an unexplained reason. Brandon Crane suggested to me via Twitter it had something to do with his overacting and ADD. It sounds like he was a typical nine-year-old. It's hard to describe how we felt when we found it. That quiet agricultural town
1: nestling in the green fields. We were tired of running from Commander Crowe and his own troopers. We needed a place to rest on our way to Emar. In Tarka, we used the access crystal to create a new identity. We weren't the Sterlings anymore, we were the Hardens. I was an engineer in a small manufacturing firm, and June worked as a dental technician. The children were in school. Just a busy family from another world. The transition into the community had been surprisingly smooth. Most important, the children seemed to be adjusting well. In fact, if we had any problem at all, it was Trace. He was at that stage where growing up can be very difficult
0: indeed. The family has established itself and settled in somewhat in another zone, Tarka, with new identities using the command crystal. This leads to some typical family friction. Trace gets drafted into the zone troopers due to his poor grades and zone troopers are for life. He has to deal with a creepy commandant, played by Mark Leonard, and the training camp gets a surprise visit by Kroll. From Tarka, we
1: carried away something of great value, a deeper understanding of strength and compassion. I had seen my son become a man, and our family had felt the power of courage. Somehow, those weeks of being apart had drawn us closer together, and we were ready to face another world.
0: In this episode, we get to see a variation of Mork's Nanu Nanu handshake. Also, it's always a treat to see distinguished TV actor Mark Leonard, who was the first actor I ever met and got an autograph from at my first convention some 28-plus years ago. Episode 3 was Paradise Lost. storm on another world. How had it happened? In this seaport of
1: Atania, I had used the access crystal to acquire a Class A travel visa and a small sailing boat. I thought that the next province was an easy two-day journey. I was wrong. I'd always been a pretty good fair-weather sailor, but I wasn't prepared for what hit us on the second day out. The storm was like nothing ever seen on Earth. For hours, we fought it. It was no use. Our boat slowly fell apart beneath us We entered the waves.
0: Traveling under a forged zone pass, the family is shipwrecked on an island by a laser storm. The island is a resort, and they make themselves at home. But the resort is more than it seems, as it turns out the people that run it turn selected vacationers into a youth drug. And it turns out Hal resembles the dead husband of the woman who runs the resort. Making the resort especially dangerous for the family. Paradise.
1: It's one of mankind's oldest dreams. To find a life where love remains forever young. On the island, I had learned something that I would never forget. Reaching after a false paradise can mean the loss of everything. Paradise begins at home. For us, that was just over the horizon, in some other world.
0: This seems to be the other world take on the TV trope, the end of no return, which you can look up on uh, TVTropes.org. Episode four: Rock and Roll Suicide.
1: Cintrex City. It was the largest province we have been in so far, a population of over five million. This provided us with a comfortable anonymity. It was a quiet and orderly place, if a bit dull. I had a job at the engineering center designing windmill blades, but today I was a clown entertaining children at the clinic where June worked. I guess looking foolish
0: isn't so bad if it's for a good cause. Besides, it was my first real taste of showbiz, and by golly, I liked it. <laughs> the family has settled into an anonymous life in the suburbs of Centrex Province, a city of five million people. They discover certain things don't exist in the other world, such as clowns and rock music. Trace and Gina take it upon themselves to introduce their school and the entire province to rock and roll. Covering music by The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, Bad Company, Pat Wilson, as well as some original music composed for the show, not only do the pair invent rock music, the zone they are in also goes through the cultural impact of the rock and roll revolution in just a few weeks. Things, of course, come grinding to a halt when Kroll shows up to check things out.
1: It was time to get out of the way of the wave we had created Sand would never be the same, neither would we. For castles made of sand must fall into the sea eventually.
2: Rock and roll will never die. But if that's so, baby, we will with you. I'll
0: die. Trace and Gina have left the auditorium. By far, this is the best episode of the series. It works on a number of levels. You've got social and political satire. Uh, Not only does the province go through the social upheaval of rock and roll, Trace and Gina also get to experience the rise and fall of stardom. You have an ending which is a complete callback to the sound of music. We get to take a look at the religious aspect of the other world. And what better way to get to know a society than to take a look at their entertainment and their religion. This episode gave us a little bit about that religion, the Church of AI, with its canonical printout, the Pragmas, a reference to the C computer programming language. This episode also uses a number of 1980s music video editing techniques. Trace and Gina do something reminiscent of Marty McFly in Back to the Future, but remember this is several months before the Back to the Future premiere in July of 1985. This is also the episode that ensures the series will never likely make it to DVD without significant changes due to the music used. Production companies prior to the 2000s did not secure music rights to future video formats. The music rights only covered TV broadcasts and possibly VHS releases. These rights can be quite expensive to obtain for DVD, Blu-ray, and digital streaming, and have led to huge delays in getting certain shows out to DVD, such as The Wonder Years, or end up giving us controversial music changes, like has happened with shows like WKRP, Greatest American Hero, and Quantum Leap. Episode 5, Village of the Motor Pigs, with Vincent Ciavelli and Jeff East. This episode was directed by Paul Michael Glazer from Starsky & Hutch. The
1: bus drove up while we were walking through the Sepulchre Mountains, an eerie place deep in the Forbidden Zone. It was called the Negativity Limited and belonged to an unusual little man named Mr. Velcro's Widley. We were glad when he offered us a ride very beginning, Mr. Whitley seemed to be a person we could trust.
0: Picked up by a traveling scavenger, the family runs into motor pigs, sort of a motorcycle gang-slash-cult that ends up taking everyone prisoner. The motor pigs and their followers mine and consume narco-chalk that dulls their senses and makes them more agreeable to their situation. It turns out the motor pig's leader pretends to receive commands from a glowing god in a cave, which is in reality a photocomet, some sort of meteorite. As Hal faces a deadly showdown with the leader, Kroll and the zone troopers show up.
1: we were to escape it yet how much it was like our own world a place of violence and fear where evil men seemed to be always in control but even among the motor pigs truth and love had great power with that force on our side we had nothing to fear on our journey home
0: This episode was actually the second half of the original two-hour pilot movie, and thus we have the return of Brandon Crane as Smith for the final time, although he is barely seen. And we get a little further along in the family's quest for Earth. One of the motor pigs shows Hal and June a dollar bill that belonged to his grandfather. He tells them that his grandfather came to fell from another world through a dimensional passageway that may have been built or controlled by zone troopers. Episode six, I am woman, hear me roar. We had
1: traveled longer than ever before in this new world without coming upon a single province. How close were we to Emar? We didn't know. Finally, the trail of obelisks led us to an isolated city called
0: Adore. The family enters Adore Province, where the women are in charge and the men are subservient to the point of slavery. The men of the family then experience an extreme version of sexism, complete with gender auctions. The women have important jobs and attend neighborhood political meetings. Hal gets to be the otherworld version of a Tupperware salesman, and Trace gets to stay home and do the housework. But the family runs into trouble when the Snoopy landlady snatches the command crystal, even getting Kroll into trouble in the province of Adore.
2: The normal order of this evening sale to offer you a very unusual piece of merchandise. Only well, why we have a lively one here. Woo! His name is Nabine.
1: And he's so shiny. You got to
0: say for yourself.
1: I am a commander in the dome troopers. My unit will be arriving shortly. Anyone, anyone bidding on me will suffer the most dire consequences. This entire operation will be shut down forever if you don't release me immediately. We'll start the bidding at ten. 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 Ah. Sit down. <laughs> Commander Crow is in good hand. I think it's time for us to leave. <laughs> you. Helping you is the least we could do. You've done so much for us. Until no, we met you, we we never understood how a man and woman should treat each other. Things are going to be different from now on. We want to thank you again, Sam. Now we have to leave. We have a long way to go. Where are you going? We're going to Imar.
0: And then we're going home. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Take care. Our experience in a door was one of the strangest we had ever encountered. We're sure Commander Kroll would remember it as well. As we continued to follow the trail of obelisks toward Ema, we took some consolation in the fact that we may have brought a new understanding of freedom and dignity into at least a few people's lives.
0: And that was enough on our journey home. Didn't we just talk about an episode like this in the last podcast? Unfortunately, after this episode, CBS canceled Otherworld for being at the bottom of the ratings, averaging only a 10.4 share of the audience, and ranking 70 out of 75 shows on the TV schedule.
2: Saturday
0: on Airwolf.
1: Hawk leads an elite commando force on a deadly mission to rescue his long-lost brother. I'm not leaving, you. Then... Carol Huntley was not your typical gangland American princess. Barbara Bain guest stars as Mike Hammer gets caught in the crossfire of a gangland war. And on cover-up... siege. Will Jack Stryker join Danny's team? Look for Gary, i But their lives depend on each other Saturday. This is CBS.
0: Since you like 70s and 80s TV, you should join us over at Walnut Grovecast, where we discuss episodes of Little House on the Prairie. We just had the honor of having Allison Arngrim, Nellie herself, on the show. Future Little House guests are in the works, so subscribe to Walnut Grovecast on iTunes or any podcast app. Find it on the web at the link in the show notes. Now, back to Otherworld. Two more episodes of Other World Word air for us. Episode 7, Mansion of the Beast, with John Aston. The dead forest of
1: Animula, a stretch of nearly unmapped territory and the ancient trail of obelisks that we hoped would lead us to Emar. In a mule drawn wagon purchased from an old miner, and we felt like pioneers. But we were unprepared for the land around us. It was eerie and desolate. Somehow, a nimula made us very much aware that we were lost in an alien world. Then suddenly, everything changed. As though a line had been drawn across the desolation, and a
0: beautiful forest began. Traveling in a covered wagon through a forest, the family encounters Virago, a man who resembles an animal that has mysterious powers, and he takes a liking to June. On Earth, it would have been called a miracle.
1: Through dying, Virago had been reborn. He had walked in a different dimension, a place of wildness and great power. He could tell us little, only these mysterious words. Look for the valley of vision, where the slain are not slain with the sword. In the darkest shadows of light, there you will find a door.
0: To say this was inspired by Beauty and the Beast is an understatement. Although we do get another tidbit about the family's quest and that in Emar there are signpost astrologers that know something about travel between worlds. Also, Virago's current form is a result of an unsuccessful attempt to travel to Earth. This episode was not very original and was my least favorite of the episodes. It's Episode 8, Princess Metra, starring haughty British actress Carolyn Seymour.
1: We had bought a mysterious crate at an auction in the province of Sarinthal. It turned out to contain most of the elements of a hot air balloon. We made it a family project to get the thing in working order. In a few weeks, we were ready to fly. Ready to once again pick up the ancient trail of obelisks that we hoped would lead us home.
0: traveling in a hot air balloon and are shot down over Metroplex province where Gina is taken by the people to be a long lost princess that also evidently was a blonde girl from earth. Gina then has a taste of the problems of rulership in a society she doesn't understand and we are given an insanely long six and a half minute music video like sequence where Gina experiences a vision and sees Emar.
1: As we sailed away from Metroplex, we could only hope that the story of Gina's courage would start a new legend of freedom that would live on. We had come from the clouds, and now that is where we were going, in search of our own
0: freedom and home. This episode gave us a taste of what we might have seen with with future episodes of Other Worlds. The EMAR skyline looked like New York City with three World Trade Center towers. And we got even more evidence that people from Earth have been to Thel before. The original Princess Metro was a girl named Kelly that came from the U.S. in 1964, two decades earlier, Earth time, but two centuries earlier in Thel time. Thus, if the family ever gets back to Earth, there is no telling how much time has passed once they return. And that wraps up the brief series run of Otherworld. Tuning in next Saturday night, viewers would see animated specials at 7 p.m. Central for the next three weeks before the network moved the struggling Charles in Charge to the time slot, followed by the sitcom ER, which I don't even remember seeing, but starred George Clooney and took place in a fictional Chicago hospital. Creator Roderick Taylor collaborated with his son Bruce Taylor for nearly every episode of Otherworld, and Bruce has writing credits on seven of them. Reportedly, Roderick Taylor came up with the concept for Otherworld after reading a book about parallel universes. Some of the ideas seem inspired from The Fantastic Journey as well as the Logan's Run TV series. Unfortunately, CBS turned down 12 of his initial 13 story ideas for being too dark or not family-friendly enough, this being a 7 p.m. Central show and the network really wanting to push the family action-adventure aspect of the show. You will see claims online that 13 episodes were made, but this is not true. Only the eight aired episodes were ever filmed, and one additional script went unproduced called Double Trouble, which would have pitted the Sterlings against evil duplicates. This was a CBS-rejected storyline, but it didn't matter much anyway, as the series was canceled. Roderick Taylor, who also went by his musician name Roderick Falconer, went on to work on the 1990 series... Super Force, as writer-executive producer. He also worked on the 1994 MTV series Dead at 21 as writer-executive producer, and worked on the 1998 TV movie Inferno, as well as wrote three episodes of the 2001 series Witchblade. Sam Groom, previously a TV staple for years, was only in a few episodes of Law and & Order and a couple of soap operas after Otherworld. He left the public eye around 2005, and is now 79 and teaches acting at HB Studio in New York City. Gretchen Corbett, now 71, continued to make regular guest appearances on TV shows after Otherworld, including reprising her character Beth Davenport on the late 90s Rockford Files TV movies and has been seen recently on Portlandia. Tony O'Dell, now 57, was cast as the series regular in Head of the Class the following year, appearing in all five seasons of that show and since 2000 has been working as a youth acting coach. Jana Lee went on to have about a dozen film and TV appearances up until 1990, then left acting to study and pursue art and design, graduating as class valedictorian. She is married and has two children and still makes time for her sculpting, and you can see some of her beautiful living sculptures in downtown L.A. Chris Hebert, now 43, made a few more movie appearances, most notably 1986's Invaders from Mars and Disney's Fuzzbucket from that same year. He went on to study film, got a degree, and is currently a high school English teacher in L.A. and is highly regarded by his students. Brandon Crane most notably appeared on Stephen King's It in 1990 and had a recurring role on The Wonder Years. He also retired from acting, is now 41 and currently has his own web developing business. And what happened to Otherworld? CBS never reran the show. It didn't enjoy wide syndication but was later shown on USA Network and several times on the Sci-Fi Channel. Otherworld has never been released on any video format. Like so many other forgotten TV shows, any listings of Otherworld you see on DVD online are burned DVDs of home recordings.) Mm-hmm. Dr. Stephen First has died at age 63 of complications from diabetes. He reportedly died at his home in Ventura County, California, surrounded by loving friends and family. Although he had numerous TV roles, he might be best remembered by three of them as Flounder on the 1979 series Delta House, in 84 episodes of St. Elsewhere as Dr. Elliot Axelrod, as well as about 40 episodes of Babylon 5 as Vir Kato, the character who becomes the Centauri ambassador. He also wrote three episodes of Babylon 5. He also had notable film roles on Animal House and The Dream Team. Stephen First, dead at 63. Next time on Forgotten TV... From Sigmund and the Sea Monsters to Lidsville. From Lancelot Link to the Croft Super Show. It's Saturday morning weirdness. Next time on Forgotten TV.
1: Today, we will lead you to
2: a land of dreams. has Super Shows.
0: Forgotten TV is not affiliated with CBS or Universal Television. Otherworld and all other mentioned series and associated characters are the property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Audio clips are included for the purposes of review, commentary, and criticism only, and are not intended to infringe. And I'd like to thank the following YouTube channels for making the audio clips possible especially Jose Estevez and Thor 3002, without which we wouldn't even have this episode. Also, TV Rewind, Steve Herald, Fru Ryufi, Paulo Victor, The NWPSL, 80s TV Nostalgia, and Cult Seavers. Also thanks to TVObscurities.com. Forgotten TV is a member of the Frequent Wire podcast network, to find other great podcasts, click the link to Frequent Wire in the show notes. Rate and review this show on iTunes or Stitcher, and subscribe to it on any podcast app. If you haven't stopped by the Forgotten TV Facebook page, come by and give us a like. Even John Ali stopped by recently. How cool is that? Links to all the social medias are at Forgotten.tv. I'm Chris Cooling, and this has been Forgotten TV.